Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Visit fabnt.com for details. Member FDIC. It's time for Oaklawn Game Day, presented by Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort. An inside look at this week's big games, exciting prop bets, and the latest wagering lines from Oaklawn's race and sportsbook, the natural state's favorite place to play. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Acri and Oaklawn's mutuals and sportsbook manager, Zach Gillum. For one last time before the end of the season, we welcome you in for this edition of Oaklawn Game Day. Justin Akery and Zach Gillum with you here, and great to be with you, Zach, one last time. And then we're going to put it on hold until we come back around a football season. But my friend, it's been a fun run, and I want to thank our buddy Wes Moore for stepping in and also giving our listeners a couple of correct picks last week. Absolutely. It's been a wonderful time this season. I um, really enjoyed doing this. I know... The guests that come in, let me know they listen, have enjoyed it. Um, It's something that they do enjoy listening to. Wes did a great job last week. I appreciate him joining me and not leaving me out there since you were out enjoying the sunshine in California. (laughs) But, um, yes, with this being our last show, there is a lot to go over, so I I won't keep us. Well, we've got racing back on Thursday at Oaklawn, and uh, Wednesday, not great weather, so it works out nicely. It's going to clear for the weekend, and, Zach, it's a huge weekend coming up. For those who haven't heard, the Arkansas Derby is upon us, and that is just the tip of the iceberg with a whole lot of other great races coming up. Fantasy stakes looking great for three-year-old fillies, largely because the best filly around is running against the boys in the Arkansas Derby. you got the Oaklawn Mile, Carousel Stakes, Temperance Hill stakes and again four days of racing thursday friday saturday sunday this will be a huge weekend and over on the sportsbook side of course i'm gonna guess this little thing going on in new orleans might attract a little attention you got the uh semifinals for the college basketball national championship on saturday and then monday you do have the finals so along with that arkansas derby this weekend as i believe you've said or maybe you haven't special first post is at noon Um, with that we will open the gates at 10 o'clock that day so gates will be opening an hour earlier than normal just so everyone can get in get their spot get some food get a beer get their bets in for the first race it's going to be a lot of fun as you said arkansas derby 1.25 million grade one that's going to go off about 635 currently nine betting interest you do have a philly the only philly in the race is the morning line favorite at five to two that's secret oath yeah Um, she won the honeybee last out which is a great three here at Oaklawn, and then won the Martha Washington prior. So at this point, not uncommon to see Mr. Lucas give his Phillies a shot against the boys, and if you're going to do it, might as well do it now. There are some other intriguing horses in here, Zach, and and obviously we don't focus necessarily on racing during Oaklawn game day. That's for Oaklawn race day coming up on Saturday at 11 o'clock, and Jeff and and Lons and I will have a lot of fun delving into this, but I know you've probably got some interest. I know you're a huge racing fan, so I know you've probably got some horses you got your eye on. We the People's caught a lot of attention this week. We've talked about C Secret Oath. You got Unoho, who was a long shot winner in the Rebel, and a horse that a lot of people should be paying attention to, I think. We're going to have a chance to visit with their trainer, John Ortiz, later in the week. But Barbara wrote a horse that's been in the money in all the three big prep races at Oakland so far. It's really a competitive field. Um, I feel like as good as the Philly has done is definitely scaring people. Can't blame them. She has looked phenomenal. But, you know, we line up and race for a reason. So at 8 to 1 on the morning line, that is definitely some value. It's hard to overlook. I want to remind everybody, too, the Tina Turner tribute. We've been talking about it for a long time. It's finally coming. 
coming up Thursday night. Doors at six. Show at seven. Tickets forty bucks, thirty-five down to twenty-five for the lowest level. And then April sixteenth will be the next big show. The Marshall Tucker Band live music that happening again this weekend, though I assume Zach per usual. Outside of that, so people can have their musical fix fed in addition to their horse racing and their sports and table wagering. Cliff and Susan and Pops will kick them off at four. They'll go till eight, and then at nine o'clock we'll have another band that comes on after that in Pops. So a lot, a lot going on. Um, there will be nonstop action no matter where you go in the building. Want to remind everybody if you can't get down for the racing, OaklawnAnywhere.com. You can download it through the Apple App Store or you can go to bet.oaklawn.com. Use the code Buzz22. There's a $150 sign-up bonus in there for you. A couple of other days of notes, Zach, and then you feel free to fill in the gaps here since it's our last show for a while. Easter brunch at the Bugler, April 17th, if you're looking for something to do on Easter Sunday or a place to dine at least. It's a great option. Also, Bago is back, baby. I was talking to my buddy Todd with Bago uh, a couple days ago. Got a big event coming up, and that will be held on April 9th, and the payouts are very big. It's a huge purse, and it's a very low entry fee, so that's something that people need to keep an eye on as well. You can actually uh, get uh, more information at tournaments at bago.com, and you can uh, send your team name and members and a phone number to that address tournaments at bago.com and uh if you go to the bago website too i'm sure the information on there but this has been a big thing at oakland for years and i know COVID has kept some of these things from happening and i know they're glad to be back absolutely this is always one of the more popular um we'll we'll have many teams come out here it's a lot of fun if it's something you've never done go out get some practice in get you a team together and come join no doubt all right well you, you mentioned those little semifinal games most of us call that the final four i assume we're legally okay to do that i know they're touchy about super bowl but i really don't care if they want to come after me final four games this coming weekend you got nova kansas unc duke tons of player props last check zach correct me if i'm wrong both games at four and a half nova your dog unc your dog kansas and duke your favorites going into the weekend so just a slight change we're still at four and a half on the kansas nova game so kansas minus four and a half total in that game at 132 and a half but looking at the duke game it has slid a little bit back towards north carolina so duke minus four total on that game at 151 Okay, I kind of liked North Carolina. We talked about this on the show this week. I know that Wes is very much on the Duke wagon. It's funny because he was such a Duke hater, and all of a sudden he came all the way around after they beat Arkansas, and now he thinks they're going to win the whole thing, I think. So I like Kansas-Nova a lot more, especially with a key cog for Nova out. There are some other interesting bets in here, though. Let's start with that Nova-Kansas game. And Kansas very much in my mix for lock of the week because, well, I grew up hating Kansas. I'll just give you full disclosure here, Zach. So if Kansas hoses me on my last lock of the week for the season, then I can hate them that much more, but I'm probably going that direction. The Nova money line, though, kind of an intriguing number, as is the North Carolina money line going into the weekend. Yeah, looking at that, Nova currently plus 163 with Kansas at minus 210. Looking at North Carolina, they're plus 148 with Duke at minus 200. Now, player props, you've got a number of those for both games, correct? Correct. Those have already hit the board. At this time, you have uh, three-point field goals made, assists by player, points by player, and rebounds by player. No doubt. Okay. And then there's also one, and I didn't see this for both games. I only saw it for the UNC Duke game. Top score in the game. And maybe it's offered in the other one. I just didn't see it. Uh, but is that only offered in the in the late game, Zach, or do you have that for the early game as well? Let me double check. I want to say that last I saw that was only offered for the late game, but I would expect to see that um, post for the other game as we get closer. And as you said, yes, top score is on the board for the North Carolina, but not for the or the North Carolina Duke, but not for the Kansas Nova 
Well, it's a big game. Eric Church canceled the concert in San Antonio to go attend it in person, so it must be a huge deal. UNC, by the way, you may not think they have much of a shot, but we all know what happened the last time they played Duke. They blew them out at Cameron Indoor in Mike Krzyzewski's last home game, and maybe they were a little distracted, maybe not. But UNC's won 10 of 11. No slouches themselves. That's why you see a relatively close line. Two teams that know each other extremely well and two teams that don't like each other very much. Top score in the game, by the way, uh, Banchero for Duke is the favorite at plus 300 last I saw, and then Manic, the sharpshooter for UNC, is the leader for the them in second overall 375 i gotta look at wendell moore jr though zach he's had some explosive games this year he had 20 plus i think against gonzaga earlier in the season and he was at 1100 last i saw Yes, and that is still where he sits, plus 1,100. There are roughly, um, it looks like, a dozen players that are listed on this market. Um, you, the odds have not changed on the top two that you mentioned. Okay, as far as parlays, anything else, any other intriguing things or any kind of trends you're seeing or a lot of action one way or the other? Not right now. Um, the action will definitely start to funnel in as we get closer to these games. We do also have still, you can wager on who's going to be the champion. So Duke is your uh, your top choice there at plus 135, Kansas at 200, Villanova at 500, North Carolina at 550. And then we have the potential matchups for the championship game are on the board. So if Duke and Kansas face each other, we have Kansas as a half-point favorite. If we have North Carolina and Kansas, we have Kansas as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. North Carolina and Nova, you have a half-point favorite on Nova. And if it's Nova and Duke, four-point favorite towards Duke. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the options there. And then we'll have a whole new slate, of course, once it's official. And when do you expect those to hit the board? Will that be on Sunday, you think, for the Monday game? I would expect that will hit the board Saturday night, probably within an hour after the late game finishes Saturday. Okay, very good. Let's stay in hoops for a minute in the men's side, then we'll move over to the women's side because you can actually wager on this. And I will tell you this, folks, the men's game can be unpredictable. The women's game has been a lot more predictable over the years. In fact, I can remember uh, a situation years ago where I was all over the UConn train, the year that the men and women both won it, and the women were rolling. They were giving up 15, 16 points and just crushing teams. So I will tell you, I feel pretty good about one of those games as well, and we'll talk about that as second but let's start with a really good story zach when the tournament field was announced there was a huge slight to a team that was playing extremely well late and that was texas a&m well guess what buzz has got his guys in the nit finals they won on tuesday night and now on thursday night they'll be playing against xavier for the championship it's not a huge line texas a&m had a little bit of a struggle out of the gate but they have been killing teams ever since i really like the aggies chances of taking home a championship but xavier's no slouch the musketeers on their way to the final beat two other sec teams florida and vanderbilt and now a&m will try to avoid becoming the third straight team to lose to xavier or the third team i guess in the tournament it'll be a, a tough one but i really like a&m here yeah and you know this just shows how difficult it is to get those teams in because I'm with you going uh, once they made the announcement and A&M didn't make to the big tournament I thought they were slided fast forward two weeks and see how poor the SEC performed and I'm like eh, I don't know but Texas A&M still rolling playing very good ball they are four and a half point favorites in this game against Xavier and the total is at 137 and a half okay I'll tell you right now I love A&M in this game I like the under in this game as well A&M's been playing outstanding defense Xavier's held a couple of teams down very low as well on the defensive end of the floor so if you get a 70 to 60 game 70 to 62 game you know you're well under the numbers act by my limited math skills so i like the under i like a&m here not going to necessarily make it the lock of the week but i like those let's move on to women's hoops you got louisville south carolina and yukon Kristen williams a former cac mustang part of that mix coming on strong against stanford a one seed and it's a uh a really i think a couple of really good games but at the end of the day i think south carolina is going to end up as your champions i don't know if you've got futures on the potential championship game but let's talk about these semi finals in the women's final four 
Um, currently, no futures on the board for the women's, but we do have both games available. Um, right now, South Carolina is an eight-point favorite over Louisville. Total in this game at 120. And then Stanford is a one-point favorite over UConn. Total in that game at 129. I saw something a little bit unique here. The line is obviously very narrow in the UConn-Stanford game. I didn't see a difference in the money line, so there's no advantage to not taking the point if you're going to be a UConn better. Has that changed? So the only advantage would be, um, you know, the – you're spending seven more cents to get that point. So it's <laughs> minus 122 to get the plus one, and it's minus 115 on the money line. But good catch. They are very close to each other, and that's not something um, you often see if the spread actually has a number there. You right. can see the money line be the same. Yeah, I love South Carolina. I think they're going to handle Louisville. I think they're going to win the whole thing, and it's hard for me to wager against them. And, you know, Creighton had been a great story. They had gotten there, and uh, one of the cool things they did along the way was they beat Iowa, and they had a former Iowa player on their roster. I don't know what happened there, but they beat Iowa in the process, and then they, boy, they faced South Carolina, and Zach, it just didn't go very well. They got blown out. So that's part well, of and, it. And one other uh, college basketball game that's still on the board, the college, uh, the basketball classic, um, Fresno State, Coastal Carolina. They play Thursday night, 6 p.m. You have Fresno State as a three-point favorite in that game, total at 126.5. Okay. I, I got to say, I wasn't paying much attention to what the Chanticleers were doing, but that'll be fun. Anything to wager on is great. And this weekend will be wild again with those Saturday games and they're already on the board and ready to roll a lot of different prop bets and lots of fun stuff happening in relation to basketball in addition to of course what's going on over on the racing side so let's uh move on uh nba is underway and we're getting close to playoff time and the lakers are looking to play their way out of the postseason it's a crazy story but certainly those odds are all up on the board and then what's coming up next zach it's almost uh i guess spring is officially upon us it's baseball season just about here we got spring training getting underway and major league baseball futures give me a few different different options here lots of ways to wager and i'm just glad we're having a season yeah absolutely as you said spring here um there's a lot going on um you got the masters coming up mlb is about to actually get their season started after a few week delay you got nba playoffs start on april 16th so there's so much going on looking at major league baseball we have the outright winner to win the world series we have the divisional winners we have the uh league winners and then just recently we posted the regular season win totals so we have the regular season win totals unfortunately for people like me and you i looked at the cubs win total 73 and a half so going to be another long season um, if you're a White Sox fan 93 and a half looking a little brighter there Braves had a very good year last year there at 91 and a half and the Houston Astros another regional team with interest at 92 and a half the Angels, which had a lot of I feel like a lot of fan, new fans last year with uh, some of the intriguing things they had going on with Otani um, they're at 84 and a half for the season any team in particular you want to hear well, uh, you know, again, Pujols back to the Cardinals. I like the storyline at least. We all, you know, root against them, Zach, as Cubs fans, as is our nature and our, I mean, really that's kind of our religion is hating on the Cardinals while loving on the Cubs. But it is kind of a cool way for him to end his career. I will say that. Absolutely. And if I had not mentioned the, that Cardinals line, we definitely would have heard about it. So they, their current win total is at 86 and a half. Um, another one that, uh, another team that has been definitely interesting, interesting to follow the last couple of years, Tampa Bay Rays, they're at 90 and a half. Okay. I would say don't write the Cubs off just yet, Zach, because I don't, I don't know if you remember the beginning of the NFL season. I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals were the favorites to win the AFC, let alone their division. Uh, so I would say, hey, Let's just wait and see how the season plays out. Sure, the Cubs aren't expected to do much, but things could happen. Absolutely. You know, there's been there's been bigger surprises out there. I think it's more likely they'll win 60 games instead of going over their number, but nevertheless, I hope uh, hope we are pleasantly surprised. We'll see. NFL numbers with some of the movement in the league. We've seen a little bit of the odds moving around, and you're getting additional ways to wager on the NFL, even though we're way in advance of the season. 
Yes, absolutely. So as we just talked about with Major League Baseball, we have to win the Super Bowl. We have the conferences. We have the divisions, winners. Those are all on the board. Odds we've been going over the last few weeks. There have not been a lot of changes there. But we have recently posted the regular season win totals for NFL as well. So looking at those, a few that I know people will be interested in. Buffalo Bills, they are your favorite this year. Win total set at 11.5. The Bengals. Um, runner-ups last year, they are at 10. Dallas Cowboys at 10.5. The Broncos are at 10. The Packers at 11. You have the Colts at 9.5. The Kansas City Chiefs, one of their lower win totals, I believe, uh, in the last few seasons, they're at 10.5. The Raiders, after picking up Devontae Adams at 8.5. The L.A. Rams, your defending champions, 10.5. The Dolphins are at 9. Um, pretty big number looking mm-hmm. at the Dolphins. Patriots are at 9 as well, so something's got to give. They can't all win that many games in the division. Right. Well, the Dolphins have to play, you know, twice. they got to play Buffalo twice. They got to play New England. It's not going to be easy. And it's been a while. I know they're getting frustrated in New England about not having a team make a championship game in a minute. So they're they're probably jonesing for one. And they were much better than a lot of people expected this year. And then a few other teams. Uh, I know your New Orleans Saints somewhat in a rebuild. Their their season total is set hmm. at eight. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, after losing Russell Wilson, no surprise, they are down to six. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with Tom Brady's announcement, they are at 11.5. Glad that market did not post a month ago. Yeah. And Tennessee Titans are sitting at 9.5. As far as player props, anything available yet, or is that going to come closer to the season? That will come closer to the season. If I had to guess, you probably will not see the player props until after the draft. Okay. And is it still Buffalo KC 1-2, or has that changed? It is still Buffalo KC as your 1-2. Buffalo Bills at 700. Actually, correction, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are your second choice. They are plus 750. Then the Chiefs at uh, plus 1,000. Packers at 1,100. Okay. You know, Kansas City and and, uh, Green Bay, both pretty intriguing with those numbers that big. And I've told you guys a million times, futures is the way to make it. Last year, and we're going to talk about the Masters coming up in a few minutes, put a few bucks on a few different golfers, and Matsuyama ended up winning the thing and paid, I don't know, 8, 10 to 1 or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a pretty good number. Futures wagers, folks, that's where it's at. These weekly lines are fun. It's fun for lock of the week or no lock of the week, in my case, many times. By the way, how did St. Peter's and Kentucky end up? But these futures wagers, Zach, that's where it's at because the payouts are so ridiculous. It's just like it reminds me a little bit of the craps table where you're getting to back up with four, five, six times odds. You're getting four, five, six, 10, 12, 15, 20 times payout. It's worth it to throw a few bucks. You may not want to go your full wager amounts, typically like $100 if that's your normal wagering number, but you throw 20, 30, 40 bucks, you get 15, 20 odds. You know, it's pretty good. Payouts are pretty huge. Absolutely. Well, and it's very similar to, uh, I'll jump over into racing, when we have the paramutual future pulls for Kentucky Derby. The one thing about the futures that I always try to highlight is you got to jump when there's value. So if you see something and you think, hey, these odds are going to drop, they're going to get half this in a month, well, then maybe it's a good time to go ahead and bet. You do always have to take into effect um, the time factor of money. So, you know, if you have your money just sitting on hold for a year, you really need to have the value be there. Yeah. But sometimes that value is there. Oftentimes, I will bet a futures wager, though. Here's the thing. I will say this. Every time I've done a Kentucky future, the horse has run, at least. So I will give myself that. That's not always the case for people. But <laughs> uh, Hey, you just you just came up with a new market. We should we should make one. Will they make it to the gate first yeah. day in May? Well, and sometimes they don't. And sometimes, you know, like if Baffert trained you, you you don't get to, you don't get to go this year. Now we we see in the case of Doppelganger this week at the Arkansas Derby, it's been passed off to an assistant trainer so the horse can qualify with points if the horse hits the board. But that's a sidebar. My point is, a lot of times when I do get them to the gate, I've got them at like in the futures wager at twenty six to one, Zach, and then on race day they're like fifty to one. So it doesn't usually work out very well for me, but it's fun to do it anyway, and it gets you an eye on the three year old picture early in the season. 
Absolutely. Well, and, and, and the horse racing example is a little different because yeah. it is paramutual and not fixed odds, so you didn't get to get your odds stick and, and, and be high. But, but again, when you see value, that's the time to jump. No doubt. Uh, same old numbers with the uh, NCAA championship. Bam is still your overwhelming favorite with the usual suspects at the top. Correct. Bama plus 150. Ohio State at 250. Georgia's at 400. Clemson 1400. Oklahoma 1400. Texas A&M at 1600. Jumping on down, we have Auburn, Kentucky, and Arkansas all at plus 10,000. And what's LSU at? Are they at 5,000 still? LSU is still at 5,000. Okay. Correct. I don't know how quickly Brian Kelly can get things headed back the right direction, but I'm guessing not too far down the road. All right, we got a couple of things that are outside the sort of basic norms that we go into, so let's touch on some golf because we have a few things to talk about this week and then a whole bunch for next week. The Valero Championship this week, and Rory McIlroy is your favorite going into the weekend. And, Zach, for those who don't wager on golf much or ever, give them an idea on what they can do, some different options, because there's a lot of different ways to get paid on golf. Absolutely. There, there are a ton of ways to bet on golf so obviously you have the outright winner you can do top three top five top ten um, you have group betting that can take place throughout the whole tournament or you can just choose round to round you have head-to-head wagers and again that can be round to round or for the whole tournament um, if you want the whole tournament that is something you would have to wager before they start but then round to round those will post after a, a day ends and then they'll post those for the next day live wagering for golf is really fun. I think that's going to be something that when mobile launches, people will really, really jump into. You're going to be able to wager on a stretch of holes, um, which which player will do better on this hole or that hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, will they make a birdie on this hole? Um, it, so the live options are really going to open things up when it turns to golf in, in terms of keeping you engaged. But otherwise, the the page, we could probably print about 90 pages worth of golf yeah. bets just for individual tournaments. Yeah, give yourself plenty of time if you're going to be wagering on golf and want to get creative or interesting. But the basic stuff to me is Take three or four guys, bet whatever your number is or a little less if you want to because the payouts, again, even for the favorites, are going to be pretty large. Let's look at this week. Give them an example for, like, the Valero this week. Yeah, this week is actually a very interesting example because McElroy is an overwhelming favorite at plus 850. Um, the second choice is at plus 1600, so almost double wow. the odds of your favorite. And um, that's Connors, and then followed with Spieth at 1600. We all know he's a Texas boy, loves to win down there. Matsuyama, who's going to be gearing up to defend next week, he's at plus 1800. You have Answer at 2000, DeChambeau at 2500, Woodland at 2800, um, Tony Finu at 3500. So when you can get those kind of names, um, that much talent at those odds you definitely have to look at it yeah, if you're getting 25 to 1 on Finau I mean it's crazy I mean and to me Rory is a is a really good bet for the Masters I don't want to talk about that in a second I don't know about this week but I think he is due to break through in in that one and obviously he was very close and blew it with a huge number in the final round a few years ago several years ago now I think Rory's ready I, th- I feel really good about Rory I'm gonna have to throw a few bucks on him for the Masters next week but you do have the Valero uh, event this weekend and then let's move on to what's happening in Georgia next week Zach and oh cue the Masters music dun, 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 dun. I love that stuff. It's so good. It just gets me right in the mood. That's usually when I pick up my sticks for the first time. I start getting intrigued in the sport right around the Players' Championship, and then when the Masters hits, I can't help myself. And, of course, the Buzz Tournament is coming up on April 11th, and I know you guys usually have a team in there or two, hoping you're going to get a chance to come back again. But as far as the pros go, Matsuyama, despite being the defending champ, not your favorite going in this year at the Masters. 
No, in fact, he is uh, quite a ways down yeah. the list. Looking at this, John Rahm is your top choice and has been for some time. He's at plus 900. Uh, Justin Thomas at plus 1,200. McElroy's at 1,400. Cameron Smith is also 1,400. Victor Hoffman at 1,600. DJ Dustin Johnson, 1,600. Scotty Scheffler, who is now your number one player in the world, is at 1,600. Spieth at the same number. Morikawa, 1,800. And this is what amazes me. I mean, if you follow golf, every one of these names I mentioned can win this event. Yes. Um, they have the skill. They have the talent. They've played well here. Matsuyama, who won last year, is at plus 3,300. Wow, it's crazy. And Thomas, wanted to mention him, too. I know he played a practice round with Tiger, according to reports. So I'm not sure if Tiger's interested in coming back. I did see he was on the board. I'm not sure if Tiger's interested in coming back. But at the very least, you got to think Justin Thomas is benefiting by playing a full 18 holes with a multi-time Masters champ. Absolutely. I think uh, if you follow the sport, if you listen to the pros talk, um, getting some of that strategy, get, getting some of that intimate course knowledge that they might not have that another major winner or a previous winner of the course has is something that definitely will uh, help his chances. Yeah, and again, Rory at 1,400. I mean, it's just it's, it's mind-boggling. Fifth, a couple of uh, tournaments ago, missed the cut last time around. He's kind of had an up-and-down run, but he's been in the top five a handful of times or a few times at least. And I like his chances of really, really getting in there. Now, will you have top five, top ten on Masters also? Uh, we will have that. That is not on the board right now. Okay. That will post most likely, if I had to guess, either Sunday night, Monday morning. I will tell you this, too, about golf. And Harry King, the old sage and sports writer, we have talked about this a million times. Previous performance does not always indicate future performance. So just because somebody does well at the Valero this week does not mean they will play particularly well at the Masters. Different setup, different course. You know, completely different conditions. So, you know, some guys like them longer, wider, you know, shorter, more narrow fairways. There's all kinds of things that factor in. Obviously, we know the greens and the putting at the Masters so critical for guys with experience, even though Matsuyama kind of flies in the face of that a little bit. And we've had well, some, you know, some some young winners. Like, you think about the Willette story a couple of years ago, uh, Zach. But, you know, I, I do think that uh, you got to be you keep that in mind when you're looking at golf. Absolutely. Well, and to your point, and anyone that's played played the sport knows how much of a oh. mental game it can be, especially once they get to that level. Um, so if you're in the right zone, you can definitely pull out something that people don't expect to happen. Um, and then the other side of it is just that golf, in my opinion, is arguably the professional sport with the most variance involved no doubt any given any given week one of these guys can go shoot a 60 or an 80 yeah so uh it's just you know it's a very tough sport if you get off track get a bad bad bounce bad luck or hit a bad shot your tournament could be over so it, yeah. it is it is why it is so much fun to watch i never saw michael jordan score 50 and then come back and go one for 19 the next night but i've seen golfers do the equivalent on the course so it is a mind-boggling sport when you say pull it out the only thing i pull out normally at the golf course is my hair it's the most frustrating thing in the world but you can be joyous if you pick the right golf in any of these tournaments upcoming. Also, something we don't talk a lot about, we've got a couple of minutes left here, Zach. F1 racing. you got NASCAR every week as well. But uh, what was the intrigue for F1? Zach is all locked in on this, folks. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. So if, if any of our uh, listeners out there have Netflix, I highly recommend you check out Formula One Drive to, to Survive. It's a series they have on there. There's four seasons going over Formula One. And from what I read, it was honestly, there's a firm that uh, really bought into Formula One a few years ago. It's a marketing firm. They wanted to get viewership back up in the United States. States decided, hey, let's partner with Netflix, create this series. Lo and behold, first race of this season was up, I think, almost 300% in viewership. So I think it's working. Um, it has me all in, I can tell you that. But but uh, looking at it, so you have season-long bets for Formula One. You can wager on the driver that's going to be the champion driver of the year, or you can wager on the constructor, which is the people, the manufacturers, the ones that are building the cars. There's 23 races throughout the season. Um, they just ran the second one last week, so it goes all the way until November. And then race to race, you just similar to golf or similar 
similar to other individual sports. You can wager on who's going to be the winning driver, the top three, top five. There are head-to-head matchups to where you can wager on different drivers against each other. You can hmm. wager who's going to have the fastest lap. Um, you can say, will this team have two drivers in the top four? Each team has two drivers, so both would have to finish in the top four. And I think uh, with some of the changes they made to F1 this year with some of the regulations, it's going to make the sport a little more fun to watch. There's going to be more passing. It's definitely something <laughs> to check out if you're into racing or if you have the time. And, and keep in mind, going into this, I had no interest in, in F1 racing. Yeah. So I can tell you, it, it got me. Yeah. Um, one other thing that we have not got to talk a lot about, and I know we're almost done with time, but uh, college baseball. We have been offering game-to-game lines on that. This weekend, we'll have Mississippi State at Arkansas. Okay. Those games will be on the board. We had all the Missouri games last week. Typically, the, how you're going to see that listed is a money line option and then the total runs. So, obviously, if you're a heavy favorite, it, it makes it harder to wager on these. Tonight, for instance, Texas Tech is a minus 2,000 on the money line um, with Steve, uh, Stephen A. Austin coming there. But it's something that our betters have asked for, and we are happy to get it on the board. Stephen F. Austin, you mean, not Stephen Yes, a. thank the, you. Yeah, I like that. You know what? Stephen A. Smith will probably have his own school at some point because he's such a sports guru, but not just yet. Uh, but, yeah, we definitely need to keep an eye on that, and I appreciate that. Again, uh, we haven't done Lock of the Week, and, I, you know, we got to go out with a winner, Zach. So The Lock of the Week. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I hate to do it, but I'm either going to appreciate them for the first time in history or I'm going to hate on them even more than I already do. That's Kansas. My lock of the week this week, I'm going with the Kansas Jayhawks against Nova. Giving up four and a half, right, is what our number is? Four and a half. Yeah, I like Kansas by five plus. Joe Klein says he thinks maybe uh, a double-digit win for them this week. I love uh, the under in the Xavier A&M game as well, and I like South Carolina to bury Louisville. So we shall see. And then, uh, hey, folks, get a few wagers in on these golf bets because the money is just sitting there for the taking okay i want to thank everybody at oakland obviously chief among them zach and all our friends down there for sponsoring the show and letting us come on and do this every week it's a ton of fun from the start of football all the way through the end of basketball season and uh at least for the college season so zach appreciate you my friend it's always a, f- a fun time we've had a great year and looking forward to coming back and doing it again in the fall absolutely it's been a wonderful time thank you thanks the buzz thank you to the listeners and hopefully we've given you a few winners and, and a good time yep and zach's already drinking i mean he's already celebrating I love it. It's just water, though. Don't worry, folks. Okay, so Arkansas Derby this weekend. Tons of fun. Final four. It is a perfect storm to finish things off for us, but there's plenty more for you to get a piece of. Don't forget, they're going to run through May at Oakland, and uh, you got Bagel coming up. you got Easter at the Bugler on April 17th. Lots of dining options, the spa, all the information's at oaklawn.com. We'll join you again next year, right here, and next year, I mean in the fall, on Oakland Game Day. Good luck, everybody.